0: Today I'm going to quote some people that I think you may know. Uh, For example, um, I'm going to quote Jesus uh, as found in Luke and uh, in John. Um, I'm also going to quote God as found in Genesis. But I'm also going to quote somebody that might surprise you. Uncle Ben. When he was talking to Peter Parker. Spider-Man? Hello? I mean, I, I get that you know the, the first ones, but I, I also kind of thought you were gonna know the last one, right? Is, if, you've, if you've read the comics, if you've watched the movies, of which there are, I don't know, hundreds of them now, uh, there's this recurring theme that falls through, and it's Uncle Ben's uh, advice to Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And he says to him, with great power comes great responsibility. You know that quote. See? You're with me. I don't know if I threw you off with Peter Parker and Uncle Ben or not, but that's where it comes from. With great power comes great responsibility. And what that is suggesting is we have all, In some form or fashion experienced having power and yet the question is what do we do with it? Peter Parker was trying to figure out exactly what he was to do with his life and that advice came in play in the decisions that he made. It reminds us then that um, our powers aren't solely to be used for ourselves and for our self-indulgences. Rather, power should be used responsibly to make the world a better place. That's what that quote is all about. Power can take various forms uh, in our lives, such as wealth and influence, uh, talent and or knowledge. Uh, However, all of these sources of power could be traced back to God blessing us with these gifts and resources and abilities. And then it's our choice and decision to use those gifts and abilities and talents wisely. While we're talking this month about our stewardship and capital campaign that we've called uh, Faithful Foundation, what we're talking about is how can we, as uh, uh, St. Peter's United Methodist Church, take this year and the next three years in the uh, capital campaign, to strengthen our foundation so that we can continue to grow in our stewardship and our ability to do ministry and mission in Katy and Fulcher and beyond. We wanna build a foundation that is strong upon which we can build a a faithful future responding to God. And so as we decided to talk about this theme, Faithful Foundation, uh, we the preachers put together a sermon series, four weeks, that is called so that, the so that sayings from Scripture. And we'll see that there are hundreds of so that scriptures uh, in the Scripture uh, that, but we will not do one sermon on each one, okay? There are literally hundreds of them. I tell you this, so that. Or I show you this, so that. And it is in each case, God, and often Jesus, and then his followers. Helping us to understand that what we are hearing receiving is meant to be used so that God's blessing can be handed along to other people. This week, we're going to talk about the so that we find in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. Let me share it with you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. This is the word of God for the people of God, and together we say, thanks be to God. This is God speaking to Abraham. Well, at the time, Abram, who later becomes Abraham. And he is saying to him, I'm going to bless you. You'll have many descendants. You'll be the father of nations. And I'm going to bless you in this way so that you will be a blessing. And that's what I want us to remember, that this wasn't just... Uh, God speaking to Abram, Abraham at one time and one place, no that was passed along through all the generations of the Jewish people and then therefore handed off to uh, us Christians who trace our heritage back through the Jewish faith and obviously to Abram, Abraham. And so what God said to Abram, he also would say to us that we are blessed. In order that we might be a blessing. Now, if we take this and move it into the New Testament, we find Jesus uh, also speaking to this matter. In Luke chapter 12, verse 48, Jesus says this. From everyone to whom much has been given, much will be required. And from the one to whom much has been entrusted, even more will be demanded. What Jesus is saying is that there is a connection between our power and our responsibility to use it for something other than ourselves. We're not merely recipients of blessings, but we're stewards of the resources that have been entrusted to us from God And then use those resources, abilities, time and talent and treasure to use those to impact the world around us in a very positive way. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what God is saying to us, just as they have said it to the generations that have gone before us. And not only did Jesus say it, he demonstrated it in his actions. In another passage that is a so that passage, see how I work two into one sermon here? In this one, it actually, in the New Revised Standard Version, only says the word that. But if you use the Greek word, it is translated that or it can be translated so that, meaning the same thing. So listen to what Jesus does and then what he uses it to do to teach his disciples and therefore us to do likewise after he had washed their feet he put on his robe and he reclined again and he said to them do you know what I have done to you you call me teacher and Lord and you are right for that is what I am so if I your Lord and teacher have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet for I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, slaves are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them." So Jesus washed their feet and therefore said, I am humbling myself. And even though I'm your master, your teacher, your savior, I have humbled myself in this act to wash your feet. And I want you to know that you should do likewise. Oh, I thought about doing a foot washing service today. (laughs) I didn't ever think of that. You know, the truth of the matter is, if you you heard we were going to do a foot washing service today, you wouldn't be here. Or at least, I wouldn't be here. I'm not up for that. You know, I know Jesus said to do it, but I would rather stick to the baptism and communion things he said to do. Uh, We're way more comfortable with that. And COVID wasn't even around when Jesus did this. But you know what? There was a lot of dirty feet. And Jesus said, I'm going to do this so you see that I've humbled myself, the maker, creator of the world, the teacher, Messiah, The one who came not to be served, but to serve. He said, look, I'm going to wash your feet. This disgusting thing to do. In order for you to understand, you shouldn't be too proud. You shouldn't think, oh, I'm blessed, so I don't need to do that. Now, I'm not saying he told us we had to wash feet. Please be clear about that. But I am saying he should help He he is asking us and telling us that we should help others have socks on their feet in today's world, to have a warm meal, to have clothes to wear, to be able to find places that they can get warm. Those are the kinds of ways that we can do something that's like washing the feet of someone else, right? So we are to take the resources that we have and to understand that we might say, if I said, hey folks, use your power responsibly, you would go, yeah, I don't don't have any power. But think about the fact that we're here in Katy, Texas, and then think about uh, the ways in which people live around the world. What I would say to you is I am talking to a group of people, including myself, that have power compared to all those others around the world. Uh, For some of those resources of power is our income, some is our knowledge, uh, some is our abilities that we can use. And just the situation, uh, the environment in which we can use whatever great or small amounts of resources or abilities they can be used in a community like this to make a difference that is having power folks and we are to use our power responsibly and generously and compassionately it doesn't have to be some grand gesture it can start with just simple acts of kindness with simple ways to give with simple uh ways to support and help others learn it can be maybe going and being a mentor at a school it can be uh you know Paying for somebody's a meal that you pretty sure didn't have enough to cover it uh, and and, and you, you buy them a meal for that. Just simple acts of kindness and compassion can show the generosity of spirit that we should have as followers of Jesus. Now, as we are in this month a faithful foundation uh, campaign, operating and capital, and we're talking about the so that uh, in order to build a foundation so that we can do more, I want to kind of go through a little bit of the mechanics, if you will, of our stewardship emphasis. Um, This month as we focus on stewardship, we're specifically talking about our operating budget and our capital campaign, which is a three-year campaign. And I want to remind you of our membership commitment and expectations that are laid before us when we join the church. Uh, We call them the four G's, and we always explain it to those who are uh, considering joining the church uh, in our Pizza with the Pastors experience. Uh, The four G's are gather, grow, go, and give. And this is the way we describe it to those who are joining our church. We gather each week to worship God together. We grow in our faith by connecting with a small group that encourages us to learn more about God. We go out into the community and the world to serve and share God's love with others. We give of our financial resources and time as a spiritual discipline and in response to God's generosity to us. That's the four G's and that's what people joining the church learn that the expectation of being a part of this church is that we will participate in those four G's. Now today uh, we're focusing on the final one, give, and we need to remember that we are blessed to be a blessing. Uh, And with that in mind, then, I want us to think about, as we are considering what we will give to the operating fund and to the capital campaign, that there are some very important uh, mechanics, if you will, and foundations of scripture that speak to us about that. Uh, Some of the financial things that uh, will help us get in a position to do things better and stronger in the future because we built this foundation. The first point I would like to observe is that the biblical standard for giving back to God from that which God has given to us uh, is 10%. It's the biblical standard of the tithe, or 10% of our income. Now, some are in a position financially to do that currently you're able to give 10% of your income to do the work of the church through, uh, through the ministry of the church through our operating budget. Uh, and, and indeed, some are already doing that. Uh, but we recognize that uh, others perhaps are not in the position currently to be able to immediately begin uh, to begin tithing or giving of their, uh, 10% of their income. And therefore, I would like to make a suggestion that anyone not already tithing consider doing. Uh, and this is a way to understand that sometimes we get in a position of finances that do not allow us to use that much of our income toward uh, toward the tithe Uh, If health things come up family matters happen uh, mistakes happen in uh, budgeting and finances or what's happened recently is you know the the amount of um, the amount it takes to uh, get by I'm trying to cost a living is that word that was escaping me cost a living has gone up way more than our salaries in percentage typically and so a lot of times what that does is squeezes some folks ability to give and so they find themselves not able at this time to give 10 percent what I would like to propose for any of us in that boat in that situation then is to look at our income and then look at the amount we're currently giving to the work of the church If that is, say, for example, 2%, if I'm giving 2% of my income to the work of the church today, can I go up another percent for 2024 or maybe two if possible? If you can do that, everyone doing a little bit will make a tremendous difference in the ministry of our church, strengthening our foundation and helping us reach out to do more for Christ in this world, Uh, and what I would like to say and what I often point out to people talking to me about this, uh, you know, you give 2%, your goal is to give 10%. If you can go up 1% each year for the next 8 you'll be at 10%. Just make that a priority. Just take those steps. I also point out if you don't do that and say, well, when I get, you know, eight years down the road, I'll be financially better and then I'll give 10%. Here's the fact of the matter. You'll probably still be only giving 2% after eight years if you put it off that way. I think if we commit to do that in a systematic way, a regular way, where it doesn't hurt too bad each step we take, God will bless us and honor us for making that commitment as we give regularly to step into the tithe. Maybe that's the way you can move forward in giving more and more until you end up at that biblical standard of the tithe third thing I want to point out is we've already had 29 member families who have made a commitment to our 24 operating budget. It's a lead gift and an opportunity that many of those persons have picked in order to help us get started on that operating budget. Uh, And what those 29 families have done is they have committed $617,000 toward our 24 operating budget. Now, our goal budget is 3350000 Now, I want to help clarify some things so you understand what that 617000 from those 29 families mean. Those same 29 families in 2023 compared to 2024, you follow me? Those families have committed for 24, $182,000 more than they did in 23. That's a significant increase from those 29 families. Now let me be a, a little bit more clear. To get to our three million three hundred fifty thousand dollar goal budget, because we gave just over three million and twenty three, adding in that one eighty two, that leaves a hundred sixty eight thousand gap for the rest of us to try to do what we've done plus a little bit to make up that difference. What I am saying is. That's very doable. If every one of us can do a little bit as we're able, God will bless that and will it be able to achieve that $3,350,000 goal to continue to do ministry and mission to share the love of God with the world. It's so exciting. I, know, I talked a little bit about the four G's and, and, and uh, teaching that to our members that, uh, that are going to join our church. Couple things I'd say is last Sunday, the first Sunday uh, in January, we had here on the Kingsland campus uh, 14 people that are going to be joining the church in the next few weeks. In fact, three of them are joining at the end of this service today. Uh, And then we had six at the West campus. So on the first Sunday of 2024, 20 new people are ready to join St. Peter's. That's exciting. That's building that foundation and that's what we are doing as we're coming together to be in ministry together to help connect the world with God's love. So I encourage you as you're thinking of what you can give to lean into ways that you might increase at whatever level you can toward the operating budget. The other piece that I would like to share with you is of the 29 families that made this commitment. Uh, Twenty-five of those families made a commitment to the three-year capital campaign. The capital campaign, those 25 families gave, have pledged to give over the next three years $1.2 million. Now our goal is $4.5 million. Let me explain what that will do. That would completely pay off our debt that's just under $4 million from phase one and the other work that we had done here. Uh, it would completely pay that off and leave about $500,000 to do some refurbishing work around this campus to add uh, a, another portable building at the West Campus to give some more space for the next uh, few years and uh, to build a little awning walkway for them to get there and not get rained on, etc. About $500,000 worth of work. Now, if we don't reach that level, $4.5 million, we will pay down the debt as far as we can, but either way, That will help position us better so that when we move forward after this three-year campaign, we'll be a lot healthier and stronger and better uh, suited to do more ministry and work for God together. So consider first the operating and how you can lean into that primarily. And secondly, the three-year capital campaign uh, uh, that we might try to knock off our debt and add uh, some facility improvements now, today, we're going to start kind of a cascading effect, is the way it was described. All the clergy today in our worship venues, we're gonna turn in our estimate of giving for our capital campaign, as well as our 24 operating campaign. Whitney and I'll do that in just a few moments. Uh, we're gonna turn ours in today. Next Sunday, other leaders will be joining us, who I should have said already joining those families that have already done the lead gifts. So lead gifts, us. Uh, And then next week, other leaders will join in. Uh, The following week, uh, there'll be uh, other uh, members of our uh, church who are volunteers. Uh, Finally, on February the 4th, uh, will be the final step uh, in which all of us who have yet to give an Estimate of Giving card will then be invited to turn your card in. Now, let me say, uh, if you wanna jump ahead of that, the 4th, or any of the other positions, you can do so. Uh, We're having a gathering, uh, one tomorrow at 6 p.m. at the West Campus and another one on Tuesday at 6 p.m. on this campus. We're gonna talk a little bit more detail than I'm talking today about our budget and what we wanna do and how this all works out and breaks down, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we wanna share that information. Then we'll provide you with an opportunity to take a pledge card, uh, to pray about your estimate of giving and what you can do for the operating and capital. Uh, you can return it right then or you can get it back to us before, uh, but you can jump ahead, you can jump in line. We're giving you permission to jump in line if you would like to do that. To do so, we would like to know. So if you'd call the church office, leave a voicemail. Remember, we're closed tomorrow, but we'll be open on Tuesday. Or go online and look up Elizabeth Booker, the ministry assistant here, and email her and tell her you want to go uh, to one of those two, and we'll get you in so you can be a part of that as well. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Remember that we are to use our abilities, no matter how small or how great we might think they are, and we should use those in such a way responsibly that we seek to make this world a better place. Remember that we have been blessed to be a blessing. So what are we going to do about it? Let us hopefully and prayerfully be a blessing to others. And one of the ways we can do that is by giving of our time, our talent and our treasure. Let us do all that we can to fulfill the mission statement of St. Peter's, which is the most important thing I believe we can do as followers of Jesus, and that is to connect the world with God's love. That's my hope and prayer for me and for you and for this great church. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, how wonderful uh, you are and how much you have blessed us beyond measure. If we just stop to think about it, we'll realize for sure that we have more blessings than we could ever hope for or imagine. Uh, Help us, O God, to pause and think about the ways in which you have blessed us, uh, giving us um, so many abilities. You've given us resources. Help us, O God, to use those, to be a blessing to others. Help us to understand Uh, Just as Abram learned and as Jesus taught his disciples, help us all to remember that we have indeed been blessed so that we might be a blessing. Help us, use us, encourage us to follow Jesus and to be a blessing. We pray in Christ's name. Amen and amen.